Person of Interest Podcast, episode number 19. Catch me if you can. You are being watched. An artificial intelligence, a machine protected by government agencies and deadly assassins, is spying on you every hour of every day. We designed this podcast as a means to share information that will aid in discovering and exploiting anything related to bringing down those who will use the machine to harm and exploit others. If you're listening to this podcast, your number has come up and you're part of our team. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Person of Interest Podcast, a fan podcast dedicated to person in, person of interest on CBS. I am Daryl, and you know what? I keep an endless supply of beef jerky right here at my computer because you never know when you're going to need it. Beef jerky time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I am Karen, getting ready to update my virus protection as we speak. Very good. So, yeah, and don't adjust your earbuds. Doug's voice has not gotten more soothing higher? and and uh, higher this week. I don't know. Is it higher? Um, I don't know. We have we have not. Well, here's what we've done. We have secretly replaced the uh, regular <laughs> Doug, replaced him with the uh, much better looking and much more snarky Karen. Yeah, I am a little more snarky. Yeah, yeah. You have more hair than Doug does too. I, I say. do, just a tiny bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get all of our our Doug jabs in now. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, he's not here. <laughs> when you upgrade hair, you go all the way. <laughs> <don't you? laughs> well, it's great to have you filling in. You filled in for me when, uh, gosh, for the season premiere, and yeah, here we are. I did th- two more episodes uh, or three more episodes uh, to go in the season, and you're filling in for Doug. So it's great to have you back. First Thank time you. you and I have done a one on one podcast together. That is correct. The last Although time, I, it feels like a hundred. That we've done a hundred? Well, it might feel like a thousand by the time this one's over. That's right. I think the last time you and I podcasted together, there were uh, there was about 10 other people to keep us separated. So That is correct. Yeah, this will they, be fun. They all had their hands like this. Yeah. yeah. We can't let them talk to we each other. We had to stay on opposite sides so that it didn't yep. get out and of And there hand. was a drinking game going yeah, on there and was. many other things. So, yeah. yes. All right. Yep. We were talking fringe. We were talking. Man, that was back in season one or two, wasn't it? It Yeah. It wasn't the last season, that's for sure. Yeah. So. Well, it's good to have you. Sincerely, I'm glad to have you here. I know you're a person of interest fan, and Doug decided to, you know, be lazy this week, go Whatever. on a spring break vacation. Whatever. Psh, whatever. Like He's lifting Doug. his shirt up and doing, you know... <laughs> Wet t-shirt contests, jello uh, shots. There's a visual of Doug that I didn't need. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, tuning into this episode. If you haven't tuned out sure. by now, thanks for sticking through that. <laughs> We're glad to have you with us. Today we are talking about Season 4, Episode 19 of Person of Interest, which originally aired on April 7th, 2015. And this episode was entitled, Search and Destroy. Hmm. I liked it. We're going to get to our ratings here in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to remind you that this is a 
Golden Spiral Media Production, and uh, we are so grateful for all of your support. We are a listener-supported podcast network, and we just want to thank you to all of you who tune in each week, send in your feedback, uh, join us over on our Facebook groups, Twitter, and all that stuff. You make this podcast what it is, and we appreciate you so much. So let's get into it, uh, Karen. This episode was written by Zach Schwartz, and he's written some pretty fine episodes, and I think the Schwartz was with this one. See, that's where Doug Seriously, would give me the high hat. Yeah, Doug would give me the little bump bump. Did you just do that, really? I did. did well, just... Come on. You have to. If I had the name Schwartz, I would have a You'd, shirt that would said. Would you be walking around all the, the Schwartzes with me? Yes. Would you be doing yeah. that? Or I would make all my friends have a shirt that said the Schwartz is with me. Okay. Anytime I was around, they would and have to would... wear the shirt. There, would there be like an adjustable arrow on it that they could like turn and sure. point it towards? Why not? Okay. Why not? We could, we could, we could do it. Yeah. So rename yourself. This, yeah. And we'll make shirts yeah. for you. And we okay. could do that. Well, directed by Stephen Sergic. I don't know what to say about his name, but he's directed. Well, some I'm Sergic that he was good too. Yeah, that's not as good. Not as good. Sorry. <laughs> I only had surgic to work with. I know, right? So. You didn't have the shorts with you. So I did what I could do. You did what you could do. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about some ratings this week. Ratings is something that's going to come up near the end of the, the podcast here as we talk about. Uh, we go through some feedback. A couple of folks mentioned it. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the, the ratings now other than just to say what they were. Uh, it did average 8.68 million viewers, which is among the lowest that we've seen this season. Not not too far below what it was last week, um, but I think it tied a season low. It was at 1.3 in the ratings. And, uh, you know, and I think Doug put this information on here, so he always does a really good job. He says it was, he uh, did. You compare that to the 8.5 million viewers of and the 2.0 re, uh, rating that NBC's Chicago Fire had and ABC's Forever averaged 4.19 million and a 0.9 so you know we beat now, one and, and lost to the other this is where i found it amusing is that he took it from two different sites that you mm -hmm. know i started this whole ratings thing on the podcast he totally stole it from me to mm. bring to your podcast okay and i got it from hitfix and tv by the numbers and on hitfix they say how well person of interest did tuesday night mm -hmm. and on tv by the numbers they say how badly it did. oh is that right well, let's talk about our ratings and the fan ratings. Uh, ladies first, what was yours, Karen? I gave it 9.5 drooling dinner companions. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't read that. So just now, I just now heard it for the first time. That was great. <laughs> I loved how they're all just sitting around eating and he's just like head face. Yeah, just yeah. passed out. Completely passed yeah. out. Well, I gave it 8.5 gas masks. I didn't like her hair in that scene, though. I didn't either. I even made a note on it. That hair dude yeah. did not do it for me. Not at all. No. Zachary gave it 10 hacked CEOs. Doug. And is that our Doug? I think it's our Doug. Yeah, actually it is. Yes. Okay. Doug gave it nine omelets you can't make without breaking any eggs. Yeah. Even really, really expensive eggs. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's also a metaphor for many other things that happened in this episode, which we'll get right. to. That's right. It sure was. Uh, Vivek gave it 10 out of 10 street bollards. Uh, David gave it nine refusal of gun training lessons out of 10. 
Benson gave it nine out of ten ringing payphones. Mm, dun dun dun. Um, and Bad Wobot gave it nine snowy hatch stations. I was going to make nice. you redo it if you didn't do it in the Bad Wobot. You know, well, I did it. You, I know you did. So that's what I'm saying. Okay. I was going to have you redo it, but I didn't have to. You're that awesome. See, yeah, yeah. I know how that goes. I almost went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who are listening later, <laughs> we did hand and gestures. And can't see the video. I did the little hand gesture yeah. for the robot. <laughs> if you want to leave us your rating for a future episode, we gather those mostly from our Facebook page. Bad Wobot sent his in via Twitter. That works too. So if you want to join us over on Facebook, that is, I always get the, the name mixed up. So I'm going to actually look it up here. It's facebook.com slash groups. Slash person of interest GSM. Person of interest GSM. Join us over there and all kinds of great discussion happening. Karen's giving me a weird look for my little dance I did while I was doing person of interest GSM. It was very cute. Yeah. And uh, see, this is what you miss. If you're not here for the live show, there's video or you can just laugh at us, do weird things. I can, I'm going to try to make some of that coffee come out your nose before the end of the night. Oh, don't do that, please. That would be bad. Personal challenge. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Challenge accepted. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the uh, the episode. You rated it high. I rated it high. It looks like everybody in that sent in a rating rated it high. Nine 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 ten nine ten nine point five. I was the lowest with an eight point five. Wow. Now we will get to some other ratings. Uh, Some people left a rating in their feedback, and I didn't pull those out. We normally do. I think Doug Norman does that. Honestly, I didn't even think about it until this moment. So, uh, but I know that there are some. There's at least one low score. We'll we'll certainly address (gasps) those in our feedback. But uh, for right now, let's get into some episode discussion. Talk about this uh, episode. Starting out, you mentioned it just a second ago, Karen, with the the gun and Finch. Or you know, obviously it was a rating that brought it out, but. We have a checkoff gun here, right? Finch now Literally. has a gun. Literally. And Correct. doesn't want to use it. We this was no surprise, right? He doesn't like nope. violence. Of course he's not going to use nope, the gun. No, we know that. Yeah. But as you know, the presence of a gun being shown on screen in the hands of anybody means it's going to be used later. Yeah. This is really interesting to me because we just said it, right? Finch doesn't like to use guns. He doesn't even want to use it here. But the fact that he has it means that he's either he's going to have to have it to give to somebody else. That doesn't seem as likely to me as he's actually going to have to pull the trigger, right? Is that the way you see it? Yep. Usually it's whoever's hands it's in is who's going to have to use it. And it's usually the most reluctant person that Mm -hmm. has to use it. So, yeah, that's... The deal when writing mm-hmm. something like this. Unfortunately, because I hate predicting stuff like that. Yeah. However, the thing that I didn't predict made up for it in this episode, which we'll get to in a little bit. Okay. The thing that blew my socks off in this episode. I wondered what happened to your socks. Um, yeah. The, I am not wearing socks right now. I'm How not either. Know? Mine got blown off too. Um <laughs> What about the other thing in this scene where John is says, hey, I'm not going to be with you forever. What does that oh, mean? Man. What does that mean? Because I think you could take it either way. Either he's going to be dead or he's going to run off with the redhead. What do you think? I think he's saying he's going to be dead. Yeah. I really do. I I think he knows he he does not have a long lifespan. I can't argue with that because that 
obviously he's he's in a line of work with the stakes getting higher each week where that would seem to be exactly what he meant. Yeah, and I don't think he has some romanticized view of himself where he's going to run off into the sunset with the love of his life. I really don't think he has that sort of a view of himself. I don't know. I think that he might. Because I think that he, like we, Doug and I talked uh, last week or week before when it was on, for him to make the, the step forward with her, with Iris, to to even do that, knowing the line of work he's in, the the danger that he's posing to her by... You know, allowing her to know more about him. Unless, you know, I don't know why he would do that unless he does think that he can protect her. And maybe he thinks the way that he can protect her is to withdraw himself from the situation entirely. Maybe he feels like if they get through this thing with Samaritan, he and Iris are going to hop on the horse and head for the sunset. Are going to pull out and get out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, now, I don't think that's going to happen. Right, because yeah, no. I can't imagine the show the without show's him on it. Gone. Right, yeah. but I think that that might be what he's what he's thinking. And then you, you consider the conversation that he had with Zoe, where they're talking about the redhead, and she yeah. said that she's more concerned for Iris Her. than she is for John. I think he recognizes that 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 him in his current state poses a grave danger to her, and I think that maybe he's got this. I love you. What you said, romanticized view that he could he could do that. I think that that's a possibility. Well, also knowing what episode episode is next week, and I don't think that's a huge secret because it's all over the place. That mm-hmm. right, right. Next week is a a Taraji P Henson sort of um, tribute to uh, her character, Joss's character. Um, I think that maybe that's kind of a foreshadowing, you know, that it's going to cause him to look at how fragile life is. That's a, do you think? That's a that's a really uh, strong possibility. I haven't read. I know we'll talk to about it in our spoiler section. Uh, I haven't read the synopsis for next week's episode, and and it, you know, I, I hope I I don't. It's been widely publicized, as you just said, that Taraji's coming back for next week's episode. So. Um, that does seem likely that there will be some um, just kind of, kind of planting that maybe mm, in our head. Introspective, in our heads. yeah, yep. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to wondering. having her back. Her man, her star has just skyrocketed since oh. she left POI. No yeah. kidding. Empire has really been great for. Her. I'm thrilled for her. She's she's Me fantastic too. in that role, and and I'm glad to see she hosts that show Saturday is Night amazing Live. Too. I mean, you don't host Saturday Night Live unless you have. She's something. hosting this week. Is it this hosting. week? I thought it was last week. So mm-hmm. yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah this last cool. week was Michael Keaton, who was amazing oh, right. as yeah. well. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see her on on Saturday Night Live. They mm-hmm. just released, by the way. This is related to the podcast, sort of loosely. They released the uh, promo clips of her and Taryn Killam mm-hmm. from SNL. And they're actually very, very funny. Oh, cool. The little strip of p- promo clips um, of her doing the, like, you know, hey, I'm going to be on SNL yeah, this Saturday yeah. or whatever. I haven't seen any very of those funny. yet. I, I usually do throughout the week. I'll see one or two pop up because I don't, I actually, believe it or not, I don't watch a lot of TV. I have three shows that I watch. Two of them I watch on DVR we, when we skip through the commercials. So. I watch POI, watch Broadchurch, and I watch 12 Monkeys, which 12 Monkeys ends this week. What am I going to do? I don't know. It's a good show. Anyway, back to POI. 
Um, and that was just the very first kind of almost like the teaser episode. Like I didn't even wasn't even sure where to put that. That was just this one little scene between John and and Finch, and and then it kind of really gets into the episode. The A storyline here this week was our person of the our person of interest, which was uh, Salimon. Am I saying that right? Salimon. Suleiman. Salimon. Su- Suleiman. Suleiman. Khan. Let's call him Khan. Suleiman. Okay, fine. Uh, he was. If I had ten dollars uh-huh. that I could have bet on that, <laughs> on you doing that. <laughs> oh, that was a safe bet. Yeah, <laughs> that was a sure bet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, Suleiman uh, Khan. Yes. Yeah, great name. I mean, Khan aside, it just has a nice sound to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, CEO yeah, of this uh, virus software company. And may I speak about? Mr. Khan, go for just a moment. Right ahead, please do. Played by Asaf Manvi. I put the link in our document. I see. Um, that. He was a correspondent on The Daily Show, in oh, case I didn't know that. people recognized him from something. He was all over The Daily Show for several years. He looks years. familiar to me, but it, it didn't click with me. So maybe that's. I haven't watched a lot of The Daily Show, so that. I mean, it wouldn't be an instant click for me, but he definitely looked familiar. Right. And he also had a small but memorable part in the proposal. Yeah, I haven't seen that. So, okay. Well, I'm just saying two ends of the spectrum there. But Asaf Manzmi uh, played Khan. He played it brilliantly. Um, he is an amazing actor coming from uh, The Daily Show, which shows how well they pick out talent on that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many people that have come from that show and have gone on to do other things. So, yeah. I thought he was good in this episode. Yeah, just a little nugget. I mean, we know he won't be back, but <laughs> it wasn't a great shot, Spoiler though. Alert. I, you know, I, I, since we, you mentioned he won't be back, I mean, he obviously died at the end of the episode. But with that close range, I mean, I would have shot more to the other side of the chest where the heart is. He kind of got him to the wrong side of the chest, but yeah, well, didn't he's going to die. Yeah, yeah, I know. I would have got him in the gut, to be honest. Would you just let him? If let your him- gut shot, you're dead. We learn that this guy has been accused of embezzling. I mean, all of his skeletons are coming out of the closet. Now, let me ask you, Karen, did it seem at what point? Let me ask it this way. At what point did you think, you know, I think Samaritan's doing this? As soon as it started. Me too. So why did it take the the, the team machine like half of the episode to figure this even go? I don't oh, know. It could be Samaritan. I don't know. I don't know because they're idiots in this episode. I, that was my really my only gripe about the episode is I thought it yeah. was pretty obvious Same here. from the get go that this was a Samaritan. Same here. Yeah. And why they've been getting numbers for Samaritan things all season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why would they get one just thrown at them that's non-Samaritan based yeah. this season? I don't know if that's they're just- obviously being tried pointed in this direction. Mm hmm. I mean, maybe the the writers are doing it that way so that the maybe just so the audience can be strung along a little bit. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, hopefully, the audience is, is picking they know up on that, that their too. audience is smart, yeah, right? Exactly. They should because why throw us this this huge twist in the middle of this episode if they don't want us to be smart enough yeah. to catch it? Yeah. I don't know. That was, like I said, that was kind of my only gripe. But uh, 86% of the computers in the world use his software. And they didn't say computers. They said um, devices or something like that. Like a Yes, devices. Network. Well, because like 
androids and tablets mm-hmm. and stuff use right. vir- antivirus yeah. more than just computers oh, yeah. and i think that was important yeah. particularly it is when important. we find what it what its true purpose was there near the end of the episode well and you remember also that they've talked a lot about tablets and stuff having mm-hmm. been pulled in to service of Samaritan, you know, mm-hmm. they wanted that guy to put a tablet in the hands of every child right? to exactly. be pulled in. So, you know, they do want to keep that in our heads mm-hmm. as well. Yep. So. What'd you think about seeing Zoe this week? I love Zoe. I don't know if it was here or um, in the POI roundtable that I participate on in my online blogging thing. Because, you know, I have this written life as well. Mm-hmm. But I talked about one of the wish thing, wish list things I had for this season was that I would want to see Paige Turco back a lot this season because I really like her. And lo and behold, she's been back several times already. And uh, so every time I see her, I'm, I just get this little squee of delight. <laughs> I, I really, I really dig her. So um, I think no one gets John like her. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, for sure. And and in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um I mean I think people get John in a in a very bad way, but uh in a good way that's Zoe. Mm-hmm. If he ever had a really true friend it would be Zoe. So I love seeing her. And then yeah. seeing her in the car and they're a little heart to heart, that was great. Yeah, so. and I think that he recognizes how much she gets him. And Mm -hmm. so when she says that, I mean, those words that she said about her being concerned more about Iris, he's going to take the, you know, she didn't lecture him. She didn't, you know, she just said what she needed to say. And that's probably going to impact him more than nobody else could have said that and had the same meaning is what I'm trying to say than than her. It impacts him. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Finch could say it and he'd just shrug it off. Yeah. Uh, this was really interesting as we're as we're learning more about Khan and and what has happened to him. the The scenario is that he has embezzled all this money and he lost all of his money in the flash crash, which was something earlier in the season. It was nice to see that come back. I think that's come back a few times now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when the flash crash happened, we thought it was just a power play by the by the Samaritan to to flex its muscle to show that it had the ability to control the city and make life wonderful and also just make things horrific and then to move beyond the city because the stock market crash obviously affected the world and the and world that's where they kind of had right. to move in and go we got to go down there we got to we got to you know that's when Shaw got captured and all that all they did all of that because it was such a big deal to, to rescue the stock market and that's kind of what we thought of it right well now we yeah. see here that it did a very specific damage to Khan. We we now know why, because it needed to kind of uh, have him weakened for this moment. It was all in preparation for this moment. Harold points out that the, the odds of that happening just isolated are astronomical. So mm-hmm. it really gave us a brand new perspective on the true meaning of, or the purpose, I guess, of the flash crash. Yeah. And I thought personally that the flash crash was flash crash was a kind of a Samaritan can giveth and we can take it away. Right. But apparently it was setting up a lot of different chess pieces mm-hmm. and 
I don't think we've seen the last of that. Mm-hmm. I think that there was a lot of different stuff. Not only did it set that whole thing up, but I wouldn't doubt that it didn't like reboot some stuff, you know, set some things into motion. And then when everything got brought back up, you know, maybe some of their fingers were tentacled out into places that it wasn't before. Yeah. So, you know, who knows what that did. That's you know, right. Maybe they, they had some shares of things that they shouldn't have had or who knows. Mm-hmm. It, it was, but when you see things like that, right, where the flash crash, we see it had a, another impact here, very specific surgical impact on Khan. And, and some of the other things that we'll see throughout the episode you know, you talk about the chess pieces, multiple chess pieces being moved with the flash crash. And it's at this point, now we can go, oh, crap. You know, you see those chess pieces moving into place. You see the the the, the movement that are starting to come together. Now we're, we're getting to a position where we're getting a better perspective. And we still have three more episodes to go this season. So I think we're going to have even more of that. Doug posted a great meme over on our Facebook page. Uh, did you see it? Yeah, the I Facebook saw that. Group? Yeah. The moment you realize that everything's coming together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With this and, shocked look on, on Harold's face. Yeah. And that's yeah, what's happening, and that, right? And that, I didn't use that lightly, the chess yeah. analogy, yeah. because um, that was also brought up in that that's how Harold taught the machine. You know, how to have humanity was by playing chess. So I think that there's both sides. You know, he taught the machine by playing chess. And what I think is happening here is that uh, Samaritan is being used to play chess on their side. And I think the machine is using its knowledge of chess to play back. Yeah. And I think the machine is winning more than we thought that it was. Because I think so, too. Of, I think it's setting things up. Yeah. And and. You know, it's had to have stayed several steps ahead in order for Samaritan to to still be looking for it. And when they finish the search there at the end of the episode, <clears throat> I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but and they sounded to me like they completed the search and there was no, they couldn't find the machine. Well, the machine, yep. if they're searching for code that is unique code anywhere out there, and we know that the machine has the ability to move itself, and it's not just one machine; it's you know all these different nodes or however you want to term it. So. The machine had to think ahead to say, I've got to isolate myself somewhere off the network. And that's probably why it's had such a difficult time communicating. Uh, maybe not yeah. just so that it can, not just so that it can stay out of, out of the, the eyes of Samaritan, but specifically because it knew that it was searching through all these computers, any computer that had this virus, which is 86% of the, I say computers just meaning, you know, blanket statement on whatever had it. Um, so the, my point is the machine had to think ahead and realize that and see that and plan accordingly to get that piece out of harm's way. And it looks yeah. like it did it, you know, very skillfully and masterfully, which is tells us that the machine is still very capable of thinking ahead and therefore defeating, overcoming Samaritan, which is encouraging. Right. I mean, if you think of it as like they were playing Pac-Man, yeah. it was, you know, it was going out around, mm-hmm. you know, being chased I like that. by the little ghosts. And finally, we've gotten to the point where everything else is off the board. Uh-huh. And I think now the machine can rest. And that's why the phone has rung. And that's why now it has contacted mm-hmm. Root. It's about to hit the power and, pellet. Uh, is that what you're saying? That's right. Uh-huh. I like it. It's about to get the cherries. 
<laughs> Good stuff. Right there in the middle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, I mean, we'll get to a little bit more of that, but I do think we're setting up for the for the end game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the machine is has got its its end game in sight. Yeah, definitely a fun battle. And and the other battle that was going on this episode was the the battle to kill Khan and save Khan. And this was fun, right? Because just when they think they've got him rescued, he doesn't think he can trust them. Of course, once he figures out who they are, but it starts with John breaking into the prison and busting him out and. Uh, the text message, which I don't know how the criminal had the, the phone. I guess that was the thing. Yeah, I thought the same thing too. You know? What yeah. What is that about? Yeah, I don't know. They don't let you have phones in prison, I'm guessing. No, I'm guess uh, my only, only, and this was obviously off screen, I thought maybe when he was passing through security, Samaritan knew that he was, it was like a plan B, so he caused a distraction where they thought they got the phone but didn't get the phone. I don't know. Because you're right. Okay. He shouldn't have a phone. I'm just trying to make right. up reasons why Although, he might have had one. If Finch could get John a phone in prison, I guess someone could get. That's true. He did do that. I forgot that about other that. guy phone yeah, in good prison. Good memory you yeah. have there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Greer is trying to eliminate Khan. That's why I've been saying Khan the whole time. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time with I the know. first name. If, if it's I, okay, if we Khan's weren't fine. recording, I could say it. You know, three times fast all day long. Of yeah. course. Anyway, that's how it goes. Uh, so Greer's trying to kill him, and Harold and John, of course, are trying to rescue the POI. And it made for some fun, fun stuff. Also in this in this area of the episode is where we got some great dialogue. Martine, who's now got her hair, we talked about uh, Root's hair earlier. Martine's had, mm-hmm. a, had a hair uh, hair style change. I can't even say that. Good grief! Um, yeah. What do you think, uh, brunette or blonde? What do you like better on her? I think she's a blonde. I do too. Yeah, but she mentioned something about her not being activated yet, which you know, I mean, it's like. Does she have some sort of device that that activates her, or is she just yeah. robotic? Is there some sort of mental switch that that's just how she terms it because she's so militaristic in her in her thought processes and training? Yeah. I mean, that was just an odd word. Did that stick? Did out you to notice? You? I put in there. Um, Greer says, you know, something to the effect of, you know, oh, we need to we need to neutralize him or something. And he uses words like that all the time. But she mm-hmm. says, she says, why have I not been activated? Yeah. Like she's a machine. And I think it's funny because we've been referring to her as like the, the Samaritan Terminator right. all season. And she truly is. Yeah. She just, she wants to kill. That's her whole, like, that's her whole thing. Does she have that same thing as Shaw? I don't know. Where she just does not feel anything except this bloodthirst. Mm-hmm. Is she an actual machine of some sort? Or, uh, either a, Either an android or a. Uh, help me out. What do you call it? The human android hybrid. Um, android. Android. Yeah, that's a human robot. I- <laughs> okay, I think I thought android and robot were the same thing, and then there was another. But I'm getting clearly getting confused. So, but do, do you think she's human, and, and, or do you think she's been I don't manipulated know. in some way, or she's just? You think she has some sort of implant? I don't know. That just it seems like that word activated is so weird to just. Throw I out know. There like that. Well, they have been talking about implants a mm-hmm. lot. Yep. Yep. Has she been experimented on in some way? I wouldn't at all be surprised. Not Mm-mm. surprised in the least if she hasn't been Me experimented. Either. That's yeah. odd. I never yeah. thought about that yeah. until we just started discussing mm-hmm. it. Now it just does not seem 
far-fetched in the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it brings up a conversation about having to eliminate Root. Greer obviously has a lot of respect for Root and says, you know, her only mistake is that she worships the wrong god and mm-hmm. uh, allows Martine to go and just sets up a, a well, I don't want to get to that point yet. It sets up an, a yeah. future altercation, but yeah. yeah. Um, this is, this is Jello really good fight. stuff. Yeah. Is, I can't wait yeah. to see more between the root and, uh, uh, Martine. It's a great line too, between John and, and root yeah. as well. You used that to start off the podcast. If I remember correctly, I did. Which one? I've got places to go and people to kill. Didn't you say that? Did I? Maybe. That's not the line, though. Oh. Which line are you talking about, then? You should have let me kill her. Oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have let Yeah. Yeah. I, would she have? Yeah. Think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rube doesn't have any compunctions about killing. I No, I know that. I'm just saying, would, would she have been able to? Would, would Martin yes. have been able to, to get out of that? Root? Oh yes. Okay. She would have been able So to you're go. going to Vegas and you're you're putting your money, you go up to the to the betting window, you're putting your money on Root versus Martine. Yeah. Uh Root's got more behind it. Okay. This is the woman who killed Shaw. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like it. In like her it. eyes, yeah. I like it a lot. She has uh emotion and hurt behind it. Mm-hmm. Martine has just I need to kill her. Right. That's it. There, yeah. Okay. Oh, you heard that line in feedback, Daryl. Um, yeah, I yeah. Barb says it too, but I thought somebody else said. But it could be Barb because I did listen to yours like 15 minutes before we hit the record button here, or before we went live because I was running behind. So yeah, it, it could be that I heard it from Barb. We we already know by this point that Khan really thinks that there's an AI behind all of this, and of course everyone else thinks he's crazy. Team Machine knows that he's not he gets that kind of really confirmed for sure as he sees the lights the traffic lights change and then of course those barricades come up flip the van all that sort of thing root to the rescue that was a cool scene right yeah um root is always there isn't Mm -hmm. she Mm mm-hmm what is that about well the machine the the machine is telling her the machine isn't isn't talking to her she has said that lately well, I still think the machine gives her blips. Is the machine here and there. giving her hints? It just here and gives there? her. It's very silent, but when the machine needs her, it'll give her a blip. Okay, it's giving her some sort of a "Hey, you need to be at this intersection" sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, it did tell her to get the the case before it was talking to her. Right. Exactly. So. You've got some notes here um, about the underground bunker. Are we ready to talk about that? Sure. Um, Yeah. um, Root comes to the rescue. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And they take him. Okay. They take him to the safe house. This is one of the funniest parts. They're just casually eating Chinese food around the table. Yes. (laughs) Khan is just passed out. Yep. Good stuff. (laughs) Drooling. I love it. I love that um, Root says, you really want to freak him out? Tell him that there's two. Yeah. That would freak him out. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. And uh, that made me uh, that made me giggle big time. Um, also, um, what was this 
Root and Finch eat with chopsticks and, and Reese oh, sticks I, with silver. I, I did put that in there. Was I just that thought just that was you... odd. It, it just, it just kind of shows there's a bit of refinement and finesse that is necessary to eat with chopsticks. And so you see Finch and Root eating with the chopsticks as you, and, and Reese is over there just honking it with the fork and stuffing it in his mouth. And I'm just like, that is so fitting. Those <laughs> two guys true. are like, Oh, let's have a nice dinner with chopsticks. And he's like, argh, 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 argh. you know, I don't know. Just, I thought it was funny. I use chopsticks. I do too. Unless I'm, <laughs> unless I'm really, hungry. really hungry. And then I'm going with the fork. And you go for I the fork. Shovel it in faster. It's much more efficient. My husband uses a fork. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess that says a lot about my husband, right? I don't know. Um, so then Root traces the IP and it's an underground bunker. And here, I got this from the POI Wikia, the official uh-huh, yeah. Wikia. And uh, according to the marker shown on the laptop map, the underground bunker would be located on Staten Island. Is that significant? No. Oh. Okay. It's my trivia. Okay. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. Now, you know, I said earlier that, that the only thing that bugged me was that the team kind of didn't figure out that it was Samaritan for well after the, yeah. they should have. This scene kind of bugged me too. Now that I think about it. And that was where root shows up and she's like, Oh, my implant, I can communicate via Wi-Fi. Right. Oh, my Jedi mind tricks are kicking in 11 right. o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock rock. And it was just really, I'm like, come on. Now she doesn't like the o'clock thing. If you remember correctly. Yeah. Um, in the season two finale, she was like, I don't like the o'clock. It's not working for me. Let's do ascending tone for right and descending tone for left, mm-hmm. which is that. the dumbest way to communicate yeah. because you'll forget that like right away. But o'clock, I mean, everybody knows o'clock. Right. right. Yep. Now she's reverted back to the o'clock system, which is good. Now, here's the part that makes me crazy. Good. Okay. This was the best piece of writing I have seen on the show this entire season. Mm. The virus thing. Mm-hmm. I said, this is effing brilliant. What is the best way to look for code that's different from any other type of code? Use virus software. Mm-hmm. That is the simplest solution to this problem ever. But it's something that I would never think of. I have a computer science degree, Daryl. <laughs> That's really cool. I don't guess I knew that about you. Or if I did, I had filed it away in a place that, oh, I, that I don't dust off very often. It's been forever, but yeah. yes, I do. And uh, <laughs> I never even thought about it. Yeah. Never. That's cool. Well, that says a lot that, that someone with, with your pedigree would, would be uh, impressed and surprised by this. Again, shows how how much the machine is ahead of Samaritan. I'm not saying it's it's ahead in every aspect. Clearly it's not, but this is a very important aspect and it did see it coming and it, and it maneuvered its way itself yeah. in such a way to, to have avoided it. And I just went, it, yeah. it just literally blew my mind because, well, okay, not literally blew my mind, figuratively <laughs> blew my mind. Yeah. But uh, one of the things that, intrigues me about this show is how real things are uh-huh. on it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I can actually conceptualize things. You know, I start thinking about the things on the show and I'm like, okay, I get, I can see how that would work. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, I can conceptualize 
you know, this program does this. I, I learned Assembler. I learned COBOL. I learned BASIC. So when I hear about the code and how they're coding stuff and I see how things work, you know, I can actually see how things are going to work, you know, in my head, even if it's an abstract concept. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so this, I, w- I immediately could get how a virus software would detect some sort of odd code mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as being a virus. And and I thought that is the most brilliant piece of writing ever, really ever. I, it's something that I would never have picked up on, but I should have. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, I should have. That is just... Well, now and, I'm just disappointed so that in was you. Just a, right? <laughs> I'm disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> I am because I thought, oh crap! That is yeah. the machine. You know, Samaritan's brilliant. Yeah, of course, that's what they would want to do. So yeah, I mean, that's and so it was setting all this stuff up to get a hold of his software, mm-hmm. and in order to do that, it had to discredit him, take control of his company, mm-hmm. take all of his assets, you know, get him out of the way, kind of. You know, because they knew he could figure it out. Mm-hmm. He was the mind behind all that. Right. So they have to get rid of anyone who can understand coding. Get rid of him. You know, leave all the mindless drones behind so it can control the company. Yep. Use all that. Now, there was some speculation that he might have been the POI because of the biotech stuff that he was working on. And it kind of reminded us back to the little small town that our our uh, the groundhog day type town that our our, yeah. our guys visited do you think that that has anything to do with it at all or was it just so that the machine or samaritan could use his code to try and find the machine i think they might have wanted that as well mm-hmm. it's not a it wouldn't be a huge leap to say that he would be looking into technology like that as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean that's similar tech you know it's going to detect stuff well in biotech it's different if we're talking about yeah that's what he was talking about it too but, but biotech also kind of goes into what we speculated with martine i mean there's some biotech right. involved with that if, if it in, indeed she has been altered in right. some way to be to be activated so yeah i could right. see how there's a, a so i mean it's there. not out of the realm of possibility for mm-hmm. him to be looking into and it definitely isn't in the out of the realm of possibility for Samaritan to want. So he was the confluence for Samaritan Mm -hmm. as in, Hey, we want these two things. So why not kill two birds with one stone and literally kill two birds with one stone. And I do mean literally in Mm -hmm. this case. So why not take over this dude's company, but he's too smart. He'll catch on. So we got to discredit him and get him out of the way. Mm -hmm. So, well, Samaritan still has control of that company so far as we know, because the people who knew about it, I mean, are either going to steer clear of Team Machine or are dead. That is Khan. Although Team Machine has their hands in their own company, as we saw a couple of weeks ago um, yep. with Roots meeting. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I think the Team Machine and the Machine, mm-hmm. they have their own play Right. That's going to be coming up. And I think that's um, some part of the chess pieces that we're going to, you know, neither next week or the week after we're going to go, oh, man, we're going to be, yeah. we're going to be sitting there going, we thought the virus scanning writing was brilliant. This is even better. 
I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, will. they haven't disappointed me yet. I know. So, you know, I think they have their own play. I think Samaritan has completely underestimated them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think we cannot keep out of our heads Dominic mm-hmm. and all the other players. Yep. Because they're going to have a hand in this as well. Yep. They they have never left anybody off of the board. Right. Those are definitely so, pieces on the board that will come back before the end of the Elias, season. Elias, Dominic. Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens with that. I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of that. But I think the fact that they have, have not had it in so long, in my mind, is just a sign that it's going to be even more amazing when they when they do get back to that story. I know. I think so too. I think they've just done this. See yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look. Yep. Yep. It's back here. Forget about it. Yep. Forget you saw that for now. Yep. Look here, virus software. Look at the pretty virus software. <laughs> Look, it's Dominic. Look at pretty virus software. Yes, yeah. exactly. So we already talked about the chick fight. Any any other things you want to say about this scene? Nope, we said it. Okay. Khan gets away for a moment. He doesn't like the answers that uh, uh, Finch gives him. No. We don't really even see how Team Machine gets out of that, but they do. It's like one minute they're surrounded, the next minute Finch and John are walking down the sidewalk safe and sound. Well, I know how. Khan ran off and they got him. So they were after Khan, they didn't care about Team Machine? Yeah. I didn't think about Why that. It seems so obvious now. I just thought they were after everybody. And so I wasn't sure how they, our guys got away, but yeah, I bet that's exactly what happened. Which is, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that he ran off, but he was an idiot. The first people to believe him and he takes off. Mm-hmm. What a dummy. Yep, exactly. Well, I got what he, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Well, if, he was a curious cat and that's what's going to happen to him from the, from the beginning of the episode. And you know what they say about, Curious cats. Mm-hmm. They get put in a bag and thrown into the river. They do. <laughs> they get shot in the chest on the wrong side. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right after the uh, the bad guy monologues. <laughs> there was a little bit of a monologue. He didn't overly monologue, though. It was just like, no, this is the peak of the mountain. And he talked about there being two machines right before he killed him. So he did okay. know about the second machine briefly. Yeah. And I still wonder if that's not Greer telling us, the audience, every week Mm -hmm. to make sure that the viewers understand what's happening. But, hey, I can't complain. It was a good scene. It was good. I think he lit that cigar a little bit prematurely, though. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. It was an expensive cigar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now. B storyline, not a whole lot. We talked a little bit about it already. Uh, the the briefcase. So Root gets the briefcase. They give us all the information in that opening scene about how tough it is. You could drop it from an airplane and blah de blah de blah. We needed to understand that so that when we saw it later in in the episode, it it was validated for it being a bulletproof briefcase and all that stuff, right? Correct. And that it was it John that was impressed by that. Mm. I don't know if or John French. was there in that scene. Someone saw it in the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was impressed by it. So what's the play? If she breaks the egg, the, was it a Fabergé egg or whatever those are called, right? Nah, it just looked like one. Yeah. It was fake. Well, you don't think if you don't think it was It real? wasn't a real Fabergé egg, no. Well, I know it was a prop, but I mean for the sake of the show, do you think no. it was real? 
<laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I think it was a cheapo egg. Okay. So even if it was real, well, I mean, what's the play? If you break the egg, did she break the egg because it was fake or did she break the egg because you can't, right? You can't um, make a cake without breaking a few eggs or what, what's the, what else is the analogy? Well, I think that's the of? analogy. Yeah. Um, I think maybe what was important was the case. Mm-hmm. Seems to be. So what goes in the case? That's the question. Something shaped like an egg. Maybe. They obviously needed something shaped. Well, that, that foam, you can, you can recut it. It has these little cubes, and you can pull them out and reshape the foam by the, by the yeah, cubes. Yeah, I know. So but, I don't think it has to be an egg. Oh, but the symbolism was just for us. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, Breaking. Doug just joined the chat room. Oh, no. It's been our best behavior now. We weren't talking about you, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Hi, know. Doug. It just seems that they're going to use that briefcase. That the 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 game there was not the what was in the case. It, it wasn't was to the get egg. Access it was the, to the case, and they're going to yeah, use that to case. protect something from something. Yeah. Why would they tell us how great the case was if it yeah. was about the egg on the inside? Now the thing to kind of keep in mind is that when she fried it, she deactivated the GPS locator. So they better keep their hands on that case because if they lose it, they won't be able to. Right. I don't, I, maybe they could have tracked it egg? anyway, though, because they didn't have the code. Really? Or, she fried know. the egg? Really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Hmm. All right. I it's think so the mystery serious. is what's going to be put in the egg. And right now, I don't have any ideas. Chat room? Right. Pink stars falling in lines? That's the... <laughs> <laughs> the egg from under the dome. Wrong egg. Wrong podcast. Right that host, egg. though. You got one of the right hosts for that. Yeah. Two. <laughs> Of the right hosts. Yeah. Doug is in the room. He's the one that said it. That egg does not need such measures. Mm-hmm. A chip would fit in that case. Mm-hmm. Chip would. What would fit in that case? You guys, seriously, if you're listening right now, mm-hmm. give us your guesses mm-hmm. as to what would fit in the case. We do have some feedback. on. I, I, I don't want to say anything. I've been, I've been biting my tongue because uh, I think it's a great idea. So we'll, we'll definitely get to one idea in our feedback section. but. Yeah, send us in your ideas of what you think it might be. What's the case going to be used for? Yeah. And one of the lines I quoted was, you sure? You know, the machine's talking to her. You sure? Hmm, seems like a waste. And mm-hmm. then she shatters the glass. That's why you're the boss. Yep. Interesting. At first, I thought she was going to pull something out of the, like there was something in the egg. Inside the egg, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't the case. Yep. No, it was then the case. Was, it was the case. <laughs> the case was the case. <laughs> Aren't you funny? You also note that uh, 314 is the case combination. Yep. That's pi. We've seen that a whole lot in this show. And I also looked up the episode three, season three, episode 14. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't think about that. Just on the off chance, it's provenance. Mm-hmm. What was that episode about? I don't remember. Two after uh, Carter's death. It uh, was the one after he comes back from Italy. Okay. Yep. The one after 3C. 4C. Sorry, 4C. You know what I mean. I did. That one. Uh, But provenance, it means something that gives something weight. So like if you have an artifact, uh, it would be the piece of paper that makes that thing valuable. Gotcha. Okay. So the provenance, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll find out. I'm guessing... Within the next three episodes of what's up with the case. I don't think yeah. they're going to hold that out there very long. But, you know, the, the 
Blah, 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 blah. I can't do that thing that Chris Hardwick can do where he can recite the whole. My son thing. can go, he did over a hundred digits of pi. Yeah. Chris Hardwick can do that. Yeah. I hate him crazy. for that. Yeah. yeah. I really do. <laughs> he has this way where he, he learned them in chunks of five and then he assembles the chunks of five together. And I'm just like, my brain doesn't work that way, but my son no. does. He's amazing. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the episode? Give it to a Samaritan. <laughs> Barb, you're so funny. Uh, no, that's that's about it for me. All right. We have some surveillance in the news this week. This is an article that Doug put in. I don't know where he got this. Did he put in where he got it from? The Daily Mail? Well, I mean, sometimes he gets it from, from different listeners. That's that's what I mean. Um, oh. I'll say, I, 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 was, I was thought about... Put, putting this in here. So I'll just say that if you haven't seen the John Oliver interview that was done with Edward Snowden this week, that definitely is, is a so great, amazing, great thing uh, for our surveillance in the news, but you can just go over to the YouTube or just Google it up. Um, John Oliver, Edward Snowden. It's great. And every American needs to watch it. Agreed. Um, it's really, really good. Yeah. yeah, it's free on YouTube, and it's also all over Facebook as well. Yeah, it's so. it's making the rounds, and I'm I'm glad that it is. But last week tonight is the name of the show. That's right, just yep. on the off chance. Yep. So it, he just has a brilliant way of of being funny and putting in uh, really dense information in a, in a funny way, so that it people will actually watch it. So yeah, I loved. I'm not going to go into on this podcast how he phrased it. <laughs> However, he he was a little off color. Yeah. With sure. how he put it, but the way he put it was perfect. It was perfect. Everybody understands. That's right. Now. That's right. From seeing that what the what the NSA can see. Yeah, if he if he hadn't used the analogy of the off color thing which you mentioned, it would not have had the same impact. Surveillance in the news that we are going to talk more about. This is from the Daily Mail, and uh, it's to it's to put close. Uh, uh, help me out here. CCTV. Closed captioning TV. No, closed circuit TV. Okay. Yeah, closed circuit what, yeah, TV. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, in every home, so house builders should help us trap burglars, says the Scotland Yard chief. And so homeowners, they're saying homeowners should consider fitting a CCTV to trap burglars and a senior police officer who's saying this is Sir Bernard Hogan Howe. Look, I just want to go live over there so I can have the the word sir attached to my name at some point. Wouldn't that be something to strive for? You don't have to live over there to have that. You just have to do something cool in the eyes of Great Britain in order to have sir put on your name. All right, I'm going to I'm going to apply. I'm going to send them a letter about all the cool things I have done. Okay. And see if I can get Sir. That'll cinch it. Wouldn't that be awesome? Sure. Sure. Yeah. You're just smiling and nodding. I can see. For someone who totally made fun of me for spelling behavior with a U in it. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Uh, (laughs) All right. Uh, So he calls on families and businesses to install these cameras at eye level to exploit advances in facial recognition technology. That is the thing now, right? It's way up high. You're like, have you seen this person that wears a ball cap that obstructs three-fourths of their face? This is what you see. In right this five-pixel camera. You know, it's right. like, yeah. 
Yeah, that looks like everybody I know. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but privacy campaigners condemned the metrop- Metropolitan Police Have you Commissioners. Seen this person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, condemned the Metropolitan Police Commissioner's suggestion. The proposals on increasing the amount of privacy. Uh, privately owned CCTV cameras are quite frankly Orwellian and risk turning members of the public into an extension of the police. And that was said by Rennett Sampson of Big Brother Watch. That's a cool name. So um, I don't know. There's this debate here about whether or not they should have more CCTV or less. Uh, Labor MP Andrew Miller said, we were alarmed to discover that the police have begun uploading custody photographs of of people to the police national database and using facial recognition software without any regulatory oversight. Some of the people had not even been charged. So they just had their picture and began using that. Uh, And then research from the College of Policing last week revealed CCTV only modestly cuts crimes such as vandalism and car theft. And is useless in stopping violence. No, because the violence has already been done. Is that what they're saying? I don't know if that's what they're saying or not. Okay. Uh, experts said better street lighting and neighborhood watch schemes were more valuable than the CCTV. Yeah. To stop them before it's done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of having cameras that you can't see. Yeah, or cameras that... I mean, I agree that having cameras at face level would be more would be more better than <laughs> having them up in these high corners where they get the top of your head, but that hurted my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So interesting. No, yeah. At face level, that's great to catch them afterwards, mm-hmm. but we need to be more proactive Yeah, about our crime exactly. catching. The, the camera is only going to help you ca- catch them after the fact. You're absolutely right about that. Right. I think so. Yep. I think people are going to do crime whether they're on camera or not, as long as they know that they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be if they know they can't get away with it. You just need to be nice to people. You know, that's the answer. Kumbaya. That's it. Let's all hold hands. Get around the fire. Kumbaya. Strum the guitar. Yeah. That yep. ain't going to happen. Though, no, Darryl. I hate to no, say you're it. Right. Sorry. I'm living in a fantasy land. Speaking of fantasy land, let's talk about some feedback that came in this week. I don't let's know what that to, has to, to do with fantasy land, but here's Barb. <laughs> Maybe she's been to fantasy land. Let's find out. Hi, Daryl and Doug. This is Barb calling in with feedback on this week's POI epi, Search and Destroy. I'll give this epi 8.5 knockout mimosas and orange chicken takeout. Mm-mm, good. We got more insight into Samaritan this week, and we know that it is closing in on our machine. I've said before that I think our machine has some caring AI feelings and emotions as it has watched over our team, and I think it learned that from Harold. In the same way, I believe Samaritan has taken on a viciousness that we haven't seen before, and it seems to have learned that from Greer. Samaritan first ruined Khan's reputation and then determined the best way to eliminate him in prison. When Khan escaped, thanks to John, Samaritan immediately searched for him in a cold, targeted manner. Samaritan was going to get him. Khan was right. It was personal. However, during this, we saw a flaw that may lead to Samaritan's ultimate downfall. As the camera shut off, it indicated threat eliminated. Samaritan anticipated that Khan was dead, but jumped the gun. Is Samaritan drinking its own Kool-Aid? Does it believe itself to be an all-powerful God that can't make a mistake? 
If so, that God complex, its ego, may ultimately cause it to make a mistake that will result in its own elimination, just like so many other powerful but mistaken quote-unquote leaders throughout civilization's history. Root was fun as always. It was appropriate to see the coolness between her and Harold, but I also thought it was interesting that our machine has set aside its unhappiness with Root, basically forgiving her for not allowing Harold to plan his program in Beth's computer, and is talking to her again. I think our machine recognizes it is on borrowed time with Samaritan hot on its trail and is ensuring it provides the tools our team will need to survive the next battle in this war. Speaking of tools, I wonder what role the case will play. Root left it in Harold's subway car office where it will be handy for him to grab and run. Perhaps it will store the remnants of the code that Harold will use in the future to either rebuild his machine or it will be the machine's final graveyard. But we aren't allowed to talk about the end of the series yet, right, Daryl? For the season end, I think we're going to see Harold use his gun in the season finale. I don't think he would use it to save himself, but he will use it to save one of his team members. And I'm betting he's going to use it to save Root. That's it for this week. This is Barb signing out because I think I have places to be, people to kill. There it is. That's the line. You know, I love her prediction that Harold will use the gun to save someone else and to save Root. That seems like the perfect scenario, doesn't it? Given mm-hmm. what's happened with them this last week or last episode, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, it's going to be very difficult. Does he does he die in the process? Who Harold? Yeah, no. Are you of the opinion that he that he can't die and and he's bulletproof? Yeah, I mean, as far as his character on this show, I mean, he has the show. I right? think he's the only one that is. What about John? Nope, he's not. He's not bulletproof. Nope. I think he could go and mm-hmm. we could get another one. I, I think there would be a revolt, mm-hmm. but I think that if we got someone else as good, there would be an overlap where people would be upset, but people would warm up. Yeah. Like Liam Neeson. <laughs> That'd be cool. I have a you know very what? specific set of skills. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would be yeah. okay with that. Yeah. John says, I'm going to, I'm going to run off with, uh, Iris, uh, just for a few weeks. My cousin, he's going to come visit and fill in for me while I'm gone. Sure. He's got a very, and then he just never comes back. He's yeah. got a, he's got a, a specific set of skills. You, you'll like him. You'll like him. All that right. would be funny if they wrote that into the script. It would. <laughs> it would be hilarious. All right. You want to take the first uh, written feedback or shall I? It's short. Sure. Yeah, sure. let you take it. This is from Greg Proops fan, and I am as well. I enjoy myself some Greg Proops. Mm-hmm. Um, hi, Daryl and Doug, and Karen, I'm assuming. I'm giving this episode 10 Riker Island breakouts. I loved this episode, but what gave me chills is the number was arrested and instantly put in Rikers with no phone call, and the computer system making it look like he is a wanted fugitive in different states. Yeah, that was pretty haunting. Mm-hmm. And that's not even the worst of it. The worst was Samaritan paying a guy in the inside to kill the number behind bars. It was only thanks to the untimely intervention of Reese that saved him in the end. Hope to hear from you guys soon, Greg Proops fan. Mm-hmm. I was not happy about that whole Rikers Island thing. What do you mean? That it would be that easy to do that. I, I'm sure it's not. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's not all computer-based. You have to shuffle papers around. Yeah. But still, that would be horrifying. And by the way, it's kind of a myth that you get a phone call. There's much more that you get. I was quite sure they didn't have a a form to fill out. It says here you got your phone call. So, uh, I mean, they (laughs) checked the box side. It's not. But it's not just the one phone call thing. That's You know, they say that. I get my one phone call. No, there's much more yeah, yeah. that you you don't just get a phone call. There's a lot of other stuff. So, I mean, that's like one of those tropes. Right. Exactly. But, uh, you have to you have to have that. Yeah. You get a like an in-person visit with a lawyer and you get this and you get that and you, you know, a lot of other stuff. Although that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for Samaritan to bypass as well. Mm-hmm. So um, Samaritan was going to take care of whatever needed to be taken care yep. of to get him. They just they needed to. Be. They just did that with the hey, it looks like he got your one phone call. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Oh wait, I forgot the P.S. P.S. Is it just me, or does anyone see parallels between P.O.I. and an old show from the 1980s called The Equalizer? Well, sure. I don't remember that show, so I don't know. Look it up, Daryl. Maybe I will. It was a good show. It was a precursor to this sort of crime drama procedural Mm -hmm. thing, but it didn't really have a lot of big story arcs, Um, but it was very gritty, very dark. I could see a real correlation between the lead character on The Equalizer and John. So, yeah, I, I see that Greg Proops fan. I really do. Okay. You should check it out, Daryl. You'd Maybe like Maybe I it. will. I'm Googling it up now. All right. I have it okay. pulled up so I can look at it later. Okay. All right. This one comes in from Linda O. Linda O says, hello. I'm giving this episode two. Just get on with it and cancel the show anyways. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Is it just me or does it feel like the story bounces around too much? It's not hard to follow. It just... It's just all jumbled together without direction. I hate to make the comparison, but it's like reading a really bad fanfic that you finish and wonder what it was you just read. It really didn't have a purpose. This went beyond plot. What plot? I liked Finch and Reese together, but not much happened with them. Finch won't pick up a gun. Reese hinted he'd die at some point. We've heard this. Linda goes on to say, I liked Root's dress, but not much happened with her either. She stole a briefcase, broke an egg, and then left the bag with Finch. I have a feeling that will come into play later. The con guy died, and we knew it was going to happen. How is John, a trained government operative, riding shotgun to Root? And speaking of Root, where did she pick up her hand-to-hand combat skills? Martine should have finished her off once and for all. Then there's Finch and his no-guns policy, altruistic, but sometimes you're going to have to fight or get someone else killed. And what a waste of Zoe confirming John's relationship. I just threw open my mouth a little with Iris. Oh, and Samaritan's got new batteries to be online this week because some weeks the power level is low. I'm not sure what she means by that. Mm Mm-mm. Uh, She goes on to say, if next week does well, people will be mad because they won't admit that Taraji saved the show again, just like in season one, when it was almost canceled until CBS forced the showrunners to bring Carter into the fold sooner to get the demo. So the break is to blame, but CBS could have put the show on last week. How do you blame it on these breaks when everyone knows when the episodes air? 
If you didn't watch, you made that decision on your own. I doubt it's because you forgot it was on. Nice job, POI, getting your third series low this season or close to it. If the episode looked at all appealing, people would have watched Plain and Simple. Root is a character that people have a problem with too, or did the writers not notice that? I think that they have leaked the news about Taraji's reappearance in a frantic attempt to get the ratings for this episode up as well. Why else would they announce it 10 days in advance instead of right after this episode? And it totally failed. POI still continues to disappoint. Not sure about the benefit of keeping it. The serialized nature will kill it on Friday and a terrible lead-in to Blue Bloods rather than Hawaii Five-O or CSI. Sunday nights, complete disaster out of The Good Wife, which is incompatible with everything on CBS's slate, not to mention anemic ratings. CBS can do better out of the NCIS combo. I could see CM3 or Cyber holding up well there. It's not a CBS-owned show, so they have no reason to keep it over any of the other CBS bubble shows. I'm going to predict now that next week, with Taraji's return, the show will have a massive dead cat bounce. After that, it's all downhill, which will result in the show's cancellation. And that comes in from Linda O. Ouchie. Yeah. Um, well, Linda, we appreciate your feedback. I don't can't say that I agree with a single piece of it, honestly. No, me um, either. Well, I do agree with one sentence. Okay. Rude is a character that people have a problem with. Well, I guess so. I'm not one of those. I've always made it clear that I love her. Well, you know, I have an issue with her. Do you? I didn't know that. Yes, you do. You and me. No, I, I, again, probably in a place of my memory that I don't dust off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I have issues with her. I love Root. I've always made that. I know you do. Yeah. And you and I have have come to fisticuffs in the chat over it several Um, times. I see. I am. I must have blocked that out so I could still continue to like you. I like her okay now. Yeah. Um, just every once in a while she gets on my nerves. She's kicked butt a lot of times. I'm not sure why there was the criticism on her lack of fighting skills. I mean, did we see her go to Yoda school? No, we didn't, but I don't think that that's necessary. Um, Mm-mm. there's a lot going on. The, 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 all these POIs are, are just little movements forward in the overall main story arc. And that's what we saw here again this week, a little POI action to, to move uh, us closer to figuring out what the grand scheme of things is that's going on. That's, that's yeah, and we, par for Didn't we kind of cover that in that she has a lot of emotion behind her actions in mm-hmm. this as well? I mean, she really loves Shaw. Mm-hmm. And I do mean loves Shaw. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that has a lot to do with how hard she fought. Yeah. When you fight for someone that you love, you fight hard. Um, yeah. That, and she already had skills. So... I think that had a lot to do with it. And as far as Taraji coming back next week, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a fair speculation that they brought her back for ratings. I mean, come on. We mentioned at the top of the show that Taraji is a, is a shooting star now yeah. since she left POI and, and Empire sure. has rocketed. It's not a bad move at all to bring her back. Did they bring her back specifically for that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, this couldn't have been a last-minute thing. That's the thing, right? That's what I. That's why I say that because right. these things take time to plan, and and I don't know how long ago they. Empire's shot. been in the can for a while, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. sure this has been in the can for a while as well. Yeah. So it's not like they just scrambled, you know. Just yeah, I I look at things like this week with Zoe. Well, the 100 wrapped, 
And so now that actress is available. Um, right. You mentioned Empire Wrapped. And so Taraji was available. And as we were talking about earlier, the relationship between Iris and where John might be mentally, particularly after, you know, the conversation he had with Zoe this week, it could set up a nice, a nice bridge as to why they would bring Taraji back from a, from a plot standpoint, not a rating standpoint. I don't think right. it's going to hurt having her back whether and and frankly i don't care if if empire was a was a hit or not i think the fandom would love to see Taraji back cuz we all yep. loved her so much you know they don't need what, her for yeah. ratings they don't need her to be good on empire to That's be good it. for ratings on That's poi it. i completely agree with that so i did some i did some looking to see what the kind of the word on the street is uh tv by the numbers they have this uh, ratings cancellation bear index thing that they do and they have poi as certain to be renewed which is their highest rating that they give and then deadline actually published an article today uh, about cbs shows and and uh, linda's right that that uh, a poi is not a a cbs show owned from front to finish right there's another production company that that Right. Takes money from you know part of the cut, so it's not as lucrative as a show as say um, POI or excuse me Hawaii Five O that I think they own from top to bottom. But right, um, so those shows that they own from top to bottom, they can afford to get lower ratings and stuff on because they're not having to divvy up as the pie to as many people, and that right. is definitely a point worth making. Um, but right. uh, deadline looking at looking at that as a you know let's look at all the elements at play here in their article today that came out. And we're recording this on April 9th. Uh, they have uh, a POI as on a track for renewal, no question about it. So we'll see. I don't um, think it's going to get canceled. I don't think there's any risk at all, actually. I'm looking at TV Line. They have a 2015 renewal scorecard that mm-hmm. is updated daily. Uh, CBS, it says POI is a safe bet. Mm-hmm. They're hardly yep. ever wrong. Yep. Same with TV by the numbers. So, TV by the numbers is wrong. Just so you know, they're all wrong occasionally, but very rarely, very rarely. Because Sleepy Hollow is coming back, and so is Constantine. Did Constantine get for sure get renewed? No. Okay, I haven't heard that for sure. I was surprised Sleepy Hollow got renewed. I'm glad that it did, though. Uh, but I was surprised. But I'm just I want to um, spit in the cancellation bear's face if they renew <laughs> Constantine. Yeah. Linda, let me encourage you to, to to see the glass half full and, and appreciate some of the things going on. I don't expect everyone to have the same view that, that we do. No, me uh, either. Know. We do appreciate your feedback. We we really do. Oh Always yeah, I love that she so. shared her opinion with us yeah. big time. All right, let's move on. I think the next one's yours. Sure. This is from Benson. This was my favorite episode since If Then Else. That's high praise. Mm-hmm. The story progressed, but that never took away from the weekly person of interest. The return of Martine, Greer, and Zoe were all very welcome. I have to agree with that as well, even though it really does make me want to punch Greer and Martine. Uh, you can really tell that the season is wrapping itself up nicely. I was confused as to whether the physical machine is in one place or not. I don't approve of Root nor Martine changing their hair color, but that is not too big of a deal. The team going down into the hatch, and I'm doing air quotes because he has quotes around it, toward the latter end of the episode reminded me too much of Lost, especially since Finch mentioned that when he needs to use a handgun, all would be lost. Was that on purpose? It left questions to be answered. 
I'm a little confused about the briefcase still, but that simply kept me captivated on the plot. When Khan was mentioning how Samaritan was using his immunization tracking technology, I thought that was a continuation of Samaritan's plot using the virus from Honor Among Thieves, Season 4, Episode 5. Khan's death at the end showed the relentlessness of Samaritan and Greer, while also showing once again that this war will not be without its casualties. I was constantly at the edge of my seat as it seemed like three episodes worth of plot was stacked into this one episode. I was very satisfied with the episode from beginning to end, and I'm looking forward to the finale. I'm guessing he means final trilogy of episodes for season four. Benson. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. That's cool. I, we, I, I always love it when we get two ends of the spectrum like that. And I did put these in this order on purpose. On I wanted purpose. to get one spectrum and then just the counterpoint to that. Not necessarily the counterpoint, but the counter perspective to that. Um, sure. So, yeah. Thank you, Benson, for, for writing that in. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Of course, there's going to be some some parallels to Lost. I mm-hmm. mean... It's going to be their end joke to us every once in a while. Yeah, of there's course. a hatch and he, you know, of course, when he use, needs to use a handgun, all will be lost. Sure, it's their little wink to us because, right. you know, it's J.J. Abrams and Bad Wilbot and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yep. All right. Thank you, Ben. Oh, wow. This name looks familiar. Andrew Jeeves, who's in the chat room right now. It says, Ooh. greetings from cold, foggy Toronto, Canada, which is starting to feel... Like average weather in London, England, cold, foggy, and raining. I'm giving this episode 8.9 secret bunkers. I liked this episode because it being an episode where a case of the week involving a number turns out to have ties to the serialized overarching story involving the machine and Samaritan. What's particularly impressive about Search and Destroy is how it takes one simple familiar story about a man being targeted by an outside force and makes it epic in scope before closing in on a tragic conclusion that feels both shocking and inevitable. The audience is presented with red herring after red herring, indicating that the target on Khan's back is personal in nature, when it's really Samaritans doing the whole time. This isn't the first time that Person of Interest has told this kind of story, where a prominent figure is forced to go off the grid, but the show's interest in white-collar crime, information, privacy, technology, paranoia, and surveillance means that it's a plot that works for them. The number begins the episode in a familiar setting, a bright boardroom at the top of a skyscraper, and it's not long before he's brought down to Earth. His imprisonment takes place on Rikers Island. Man, I love this. He always has these insights and these analogies and these these, uh, these uh, kind of cross-meanings that I, that I miss out on most of the time, so mm-hmm. good stuff. Sorry, uh, back to it. Uh, like most American schemes, I thought this was a bit rushed. One of the things I wondered since the end of last year is the possible cyber war between him and the machine. I assume that they are both launching millions of attacks and counterattacks every second on the Internet. But of course, that wouldn't make for very good television. Imagine Finch looking at a screen panicked during half an episode. The hacks are getting stronger. That would be CSI cyber bad, however. (laughs) Samaritan is irrational and unreasonable. So when Khan started looking into why the company was buying too much fuel, he became a threat to Samaritan. This may be why Samaritan decided to ruin him first before killing him 
as he was a public figure and his sudden death may have attracted an investigation into what he was looking into, then Samaritan would then have to kill even more people to keep its plans under wraps. Other CEOs may not have observed what Khan did, or even if they did, they may not have understood the technical aspects of how much fuel servers actually needed. I think copying his software and upgrading it may not have done the same job Samaritan intended, which is a covert search. Maybe the machine would have been able to detect such copied and upgraded software. The company already had a worldwide infrastructure Samaritan could piggyback on without needing to change the software other than simply using it to search for information in other people's computers. Hope to hear your feedback on this episode. Andrew Jeeves. <laughs> that was amazing, Andrew. Seriously. That was, uh, wow. You know, going from the, the penthouse to, to ground zero, was mm-hmm. that was a really good analogy. I'm still, my head's shaking. Yeah, good stuff. From that, yeah. That's great. All right, we have one more. It's yours for the taking. From Andrew B. Another familiar looking name. I give search and destroy nine lead projectiles fired at inanimate objects. (laughs) Gee, I wonder what that could mean. Is that out of Chekhov's gun? Another strong POI writing debut. Among many great lines, my favorite is this one from Finch. There's no way to keep the victim safe if the perpetrator is Samaritan. Directly, it encompasses the times when the team have dealt with people and places getting special attention from Samaritan. Indirectly, I think it speaks to the challenge they face all season. Root's run of great one-liners continues. She's the life of the party, even in places-to-be-people-to-kill mode. Some of Khan's lines have a poetic quality to them, as does the final scene in general. The episode does very well a case of the week that's tied to the larger story. We see and learn enough about Khan that he seems like a person in his own right, that he stands out amidst the crazy things he's involved in. A small touch, not new, but brilliant all the same, is that we don't hear Khan's phone conversation with his wife until Finch gets ears on it. That's a good point. Along with the Cold War, this episode shows the trouble caused when anyone's secrets are spilled, which adds to the sense of vulnerability felt throughout. Samaritan is frighteningly effective here, and the VFX, visual effects, are awesome. I wonder if its independence will continue, and if it's reaching the point of considering its operatives unnecessary. Mm. Targeted for elimination, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I feel like the action decelerates a little too quickly after the team bail from the forest. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, the sequence is fantastic. The atmosphere of such locations juxtaposed with the urban ones make those scenes even more gripping. I figured Zoe might have a quip about Iris. There is an undercurrent in the last few episodes about where Reese is and where he might be going. It looks like the next episode brings that to the foreground, and I'm curious to see how it plays out. Andrew B. Andrew B. And me, we're on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. there. And, you know, one of the things I talked about when I did my roundtable typey types is that I said, you know, we know that Zoe has feelings for John that are more than friends, Mm -hmm. but that you can see how true she feels about him if she's willing to set that aside 
to give him that real advice about Iris. And I think that's what makes that relationship real. Yeah. It seems like Zoe would be a better fit for John. But yeah, but if it's not there, it's not there. No, and you, I don't you think can't, that. You can't fake who you fall in love with. No, and I think that he would love to have a relationship like he had. I can't think of his original girlfriend's name, you know, that we were. Kara? Is that her name? The one from season one that we saw in some flashbacks? I think so. Kara. Yeah. And I think Iris is probably a closer fit to that than Zoe is for sure. Um, oh, wait. The the girl that got beaten by her. Yeah, the girl that died. I don't remember how yeah. she died. but It wasn't Kara. Kara was the nasty chick. The partner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can't remember her name. Well, we invite you to leave feedback for next week's episode. You can do that by calling 304-837-2278. That's the Golden Spiral Media voice feedback line. You can use that for all of our shows. You can also go over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. There you can typey-typey out an email. You can upload an audio file. You can use our SpeakPipe widget. And there's just a lot of ways you can get in touch with us via that. Follow us on Twitter at POI Podcast GSM. And again, the Facebook is facebook.com slash groups slash person of interest GSM. So hook up with us, join the conversations, and uh, contribute to the show next week. We'd love to hear your thoughts, good, bad, or otherwise. Correcto mundo. So we've talked a lot about, about next week. A lot about, a lot about, a lot about, about a lot about. I'm trying to say. Uh, do you want to uh, go through this? or Yeah, yeah we don't have to here. go into detail. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really just wanted to mention that, you know, Taraji's back. Mm-hmm. Reese finds himself on a perilous personal journey when he takes on a homicide case. Detective Carter was never able to close. Um, and he tries to honor Carter's memory. Now, of course, we know Taraji's back as Joss Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, we know there's going to be flashbacks and uh, they've... Hinted at the fact there's new scenes. I'm I'm about a hundred percent sure there's new scenes. Oh, there's got to be. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, one of the things I don't know if this is known, but Al Sapienza's in this episode as well. And I pointed this out to Daryl. Um, he plays Turney, Officer Turney. <laughs> um, if you look him up, Al Sapienza, he you'll know who he is. Yeah, you know, you might not want him back as much as you want Taraji back. Punch him in the throat. Um, yeah, he's he's not a welcome guy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other actors that are going to be playing little parts in this. There's some familiar, some not so familiar. No, no one super familiar, though, for many right. other things. That's pretty much it. Yep. And again, <laughs> next as, week. as you said, this one's called Terra Incognita. That's April 14th. And then we have another week off. No, no, no POI on the 21st. We're back on the 28th. Um, and then season finale on May the 5th. Again, we, we, as we said last time, an early season finale, first week of May, May the 5th. So three episodes left and it should be awesome. Yeah. Now, of course, you know what Terra Incognita means. Yes. Well, Terra is earth and Incognita is like, Hidden, I'm guessing, something to that effect? Yes. So is this like a, a body that's been buried in a you know, is that what is that where it's going or what do you what are you what are you pulling from that? It technically means unknown land. Unknown land, okay. Okay. So it would be like covering unknown ground. Okay. Something of that sort. 
I, I try to kind of guess where things are headed based on, especially if it's Latin. I really dig that sort of thing. Yeah, they do a lot of Latin. So, yeah, that's why I like this. All right. Well, join us next time. We'll be back next week for another episode of Person of Interest Podcast. Karen, thanks for filling in for Doug this week. Of course. You're welcome anytime. Aren't I back next week, though? I don't know. I thought he was back next week. I don't know. I don't know. I'll ask him. We'll find out. I thought Tune he in said next week to find out who's co-hosting do, do, do. <laughs> Will it be Karen? Will it be Doug? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Only the shadow knows. One of them will be here. I plan on being here. I hope that you'll join us. And until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Person of Interest Podcast. I'm Daryl, and I'm going to go check my bank account for unauthorized purchases of diesel fuel. And I'm Karen saying, if your number comes up, we hope there's a man in a suit watching over you.